something that all entrepreneurs, all marketers will tell you is fail fast and fail often. And also learn to deal with those failures because it is inevitable that you will fail at some point. So the first launch that I ever did was a complete failure. I made zero sales on my first launch. I poured months of work into launching my offer, learning about my avatar, building out all my sales pages, creating my website, really worked hard. I poured a lot of energy into that first launch. And guess what? Nobody bought. It was pretty tough, I have to tell you. Welcome to A Creative Odyssey. I'm Ellie Ride. I'm a designer, an entrepreneur, and online educator obsessed with all things design, quilting, and creative business. Whether you're a seasoned quilter or you're just starting out, whether you're passionate about design and textiles, or whether you're a creative business geek who loves to nerd out on all the moving parts that go into making a creative business thrive, you are in the right place. I'm excited to share insights from my creative odyssey with you as I navigate design, creativity, and growing an online business on this journey as a creative entrepreneur. Are you ready to explore the possibilities of design and discover the world of creative business? It's time to embark on a creative odyssey. Well, welcome to this episode of A Creative Odyssey. Part of my creative odyssey, it really includes this phase of entrepreneurship. So in today's episode, I want to explore five truths that I've learned on this journey. I often use this metaphor of a journey, you know, the steps to take, the path we're on for what I do, because I really do see this as a journey. You know, it's a path, it's a continuum, it's something that is ongoing, it's something that we're doing, we're acting, we're being on right now. You know, this is the path that I am alongside you with, you know, sometimes I'm ahead of you, sometimes I'm behind you, just as there are always going to be people ahead of us on this path and people behind us, always and always and always, this idea of a continuum. So I just want to take a moment here to envisage that, just get that that vision in your mind and hold on to that vision as we walk through these truths together. Because wherever you are on your journey, I know that it's the right place for you to be. And that's one of the biggest takeaways I have for you as well. This is something that I have been working on for a long time. I do struggle with being in the present moment. I am somebody who is thinking and planning and creating and imagining what could be. So sometimes I find it pretty hard to imagine, you know, being in the moment. Sometimes for me, being right now, being present, this is something that takes a little while for me to get my head around. I so often live in the future, but right now what I would like to do is just reflect a little bit on the past, you know, this past year and the years that have gone before that, that have really got into shaping me as a person on this creative odyssey, this path of creative entrepreneurship. And I want to share these five truths with you that I've learned as a creative entrepreneur so that you can see some of the some of the bigger picture things that come out of being an entrepreneur. It's not just about learning what cash flow is in your business or profit and loss statements. Being an entrepreneur is about so much more than that. And that is something that I'm going to share with you towards the end of this episode. So stick around. For now, let's dive into the five truths that I've learned as a creative entrepreneur. So truth number one is that reflection is powerful. It allows you to not only learn from your successes, but also your failures as well. Something that All entrepreneurs, all marketers will tell you is fail fast and fail often. 
and also learn to deal with those failures because it is inevitable that you will fail at some point. We need to learn to be resilient and move forward from those failures that we've had. So the first launch that I ever did was a complete failure. I made zero sales on my first launch. I poured months of work into launching my offer, learning about my avatar, building out all my sales pages, creating my website, writing all of the open cart emails, really worked hard. I poured a lot of energy into that first launch. And guess what? Nobody bought. It was pretty tough, I have to tell you. I'm not going to sugarcoat that, that having zero sales on your first launch was an incredibly hard life lesson, but it was okay. What I did was I reached deep inside me, and there's this fantastic word in Italian, which is grinta. And for me, this word grinta, it really embodies kind of like grit and reaching deep inside for your internal resources. And that's what I did. I reached inside for my grinta and I pushed on because it would have been very easy at that point to just say, hey, I can quit and all my problems would have gone away because I wouldn't have gone back to look at it. Instead, what I did was I went back to what I had. I reviewed the work that I'd done. I'd put in a lot of time. I put in a lot of effort. It wasn't all just ready to be thrown out the door. I went back and looked at what had worked. And I also looked at what I could do differently for the next launch. I went back and I iterated. So iteration is another core theme that you hear me talk about a lot in terms of the design process, but iteration also happens within my business processes as well. It's all about learning. So really it's about learning from your failures, learning that failure is a part of being an entrepreneur and learning how to overcome those moments of failure by creating a mindset around learning, 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 looking at what worked, looking at what you can do differently, taking those lessons forward into the next step and moving on from that failure. So that's truth number one. Truth number two is consistency over intensity. Consistency is often really that difference between success and failure in entrepreneurship. It is not about who works the hardest in a single day, but it's about who can consistently show up, you know, day after day after day. This consistency, it builds credibility and trust with your audience. It builds momentum within your business as well, all of which are just crucial for an online business. That consistency of action as well, you know, taking action repeatedly, it really builds that clarity you need. You can think and you can plan all day, but it's only when you take that action that you get feedback. This is what I was talking about earlier as well, you know, fail fast, fail often, get something out into the world, get feedback on it. Was it a success? Was it a failure? What can I tweak? Shorten that lifespan between, uh, you know, the lifespan of that loop between an idea and testing it. Get feedback as soon as you can and develop that resistance and do this consistently. So continue to put offers out into the world, continue to grow your business, continue to work on your avatar, continue to show up, whether that's on social media, whether that's emailing your email list weekly, whether that's, you know, sitting down in your studio on a regular basis and sketching something. Be consistent. Consistency over intensity beats everything hands down every single day of the week. All right, so truth number three is that simplicity is the ultimate in sophistication. So 
I guess this is something that is obvious sometimes in the design sense. We think about simplicity and refined design, but I also want to talk about it in the context of entrepreneurship. So in those initial years, entrepreneurs, you know, we really learn the value of simplicity. It is so easy to get caught up in complexity. I'm going to do this, 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 and this. I'm going to have 10 different offers because I want to make sure that one of them hits. Ultimately, it's the most successful businesses that are the simplest. They have a very clear value proposition. They have a very straightforward business model. They have an uncomplicated customer journey. Oftentimes, when we start out, we want to offer everything we possibly can, and we work a little bit on this one, and we work 5% on this one, and we work 3% on this one, and 8% on this one, and in the end, our focus and our energy is just, it's diluted across too many things. It's much better to pick one thing and go deep on that instead of go shallow on many, many things, go wide and go shallow, right, or go deep on one single thing. Create a single product, refine that product, get it out into the world test that and continue refining and testing and refining and testing until you get it down. You've honed it down and you've built that sophistication in your product. So keeping it simple. Again, this is true in design as well, right? I could have written a short letter, but I didn't have the time. You've all heard this quote. Often it's attributed to Mark Twain, but it's also attributed to many other people if you do a quick search on on the internet. Something like a refined design, a really simple design that takes that time and thought. Something that appears so simple on the surface, this might have been years in the thought process of refining and honing, and the same goes for things, elements inside your business as well. Simplicity in business is about understanding what truly matters, you know, your customer. Ultimately, there are kind of these three elements to any business. It's your your customer your well, your audience, your offer, and your marketing. So what you're doing is you're finding a way to talk to your person. So talking, marketing to your person, your avatar or your audience about their problem or about the solution that you can offer to them, which is your offer. So it's audience, marketing, and offer. Really, it is that simple. That's the kind of simplicity of uh, any business. Understanding your audience is critical. That's the first step in building a product is really understanding them so that you're creating a solution that actually solves a problem for somebody. Then you need to work out the details of that solution and that's what you present as an offer. And you need to find the right vehicle to get your message to your person, which is, you know, this is your marketing. So when you really distill it down, business is as simple as this. It can get so easy to be lost in the weeds on shiny objects A, B and C and really even lose sight of what it is you're trying to do. When I first started out, something that I really rallied against was, you know, this idea of service. You know, I'm serving my customer. Maybe because for me, this is like it's a heavily loaded word in the American context. You know, I'm an Australian. I live in Europe. I think some of that cultural meaning behind service in the American context, it kind of gets a little bit lost for me. And maybe it's just semantics, but I really find myself setting my teeth a little bit on edge about, you know, servitude and uh, relinquishing some of my values in place of the values of the person that I'm trying to serve. But when I really reframe this as helping somebody or giving somebody a solution to their problem, then it became much easier for me to see what my role was, you know, this kind of guide as somebody to offer you a solution to help you with your problem as opposed to 
laying down at your feet and, you know, waving you with a palm frond or something like that. So really this idea of getting clear on who it is that you're serving, if you like, or who it is that you're helping, that is really the way to frame this whole business structure, which is, you know, offer audience and marketing. Who are you trying to help? That's your audience. How are you trying to help them? That's with your offer. How are you communicating how you can help them? That's really your marketing. So coming back to this, the third truth that simplicity is the ultimate sophistication. Simplicity really, really helps you create a business that is streamlined, that directly talks to your audience about the singular offer that you can make them in the beginning and gets clear on that message that you can connect the person who has a problem with the solution, which is your offer. All right. So that was truth number three. Let's move on now to truth number four, which is that systems are key. As an entrepreneur, you work out pretty early on in the game that you you can't do everything by yourself. There's a lot of things to do. There are a lot of moving parts. And you also learn that you shouldn't be doing everything that yourself, you know? There's a reason why these services like Upwork and Fiverr exist. And this is so that you can reap the benefits of other people's expertise. You can outsource some of those tasks that, A, you probably aren't really good enough at doing and somebody else who's way better than you can do them. And B, that you shouldn't really be doing in your business either. So let's unpack that a little bit here. Learning to let go of every single task and really thinking that you're losing control of your business in the meantime, it's kind of a big step. My experience with this was, you know, oh my gosh, things aren't, they're just not going to be how I would do it. It's not going to be right. It's not going to look exactly like I would do it. Um, you know, I would have aligned the text a little bit more internally to that margin than, than it is aligned. And at some point I had to let go of that. I had to let go of a little bit of that control, I guess, in the control freak kind of a sense, because you know what? 80% perfect and done beats 99% perfect and not done every day of the week. And creating systems in my business was an area where I had a huge epiphany around this. So let's connect this up here. What is it about letting go of every task and systems? Well, this is the moment where in my business, I started to create systems when I thought, and I moved into that mindset of, I don't have the time to tell somebody else how to do this. I only just have barely time to do this myself. I moved from that mindset to switching to the idea that, okay, the work that I'm doing upfront now in writing down these steps for a repeated task or creating a short screen capture video explaining what I was doing, it's not only useful for me in remembering what I need to do next time, it also allowed me that chance to share this work with somebody else. So that mindset shift from, I have to do everything myself, I don't even have time to tell somebody else how to do this, and even if I did, they wouldn't be able to do it as good as me anyway, letting go of that mindset and moving into the mindset of, okay, the upfront work that I'm doing in creating a system is more valuable than me continuing to do these repeated tasks over and over and over again. And it allows me to outsource some of those tasks and share that workload with somebody else. So that mindset shift was really the beginning of my being able to outsource some of the tasks in my business, start to grow a team, you know, and I still primarily work with freelancers. So I don't have any kind of fixed payroll at this stage, but that step in creating systems, in building SOPs or standard operating procedures That was massive in freeing up my time to work on what one of my mentors, Perry Marshall calls, you know, a thousand dollar an hour work. 
You really want to get to the stage or where you're delegating or you're eliminating all of these $10 an hour tasks that we can get so busy doing. Oftentimes we get busy doing them because they're easy and they're not necessarily important. And we need to shift our focus on doing those important tasks in our business. They might be harder, but they're the $1,000 an hour tasks. And that is really how you grow. So learning that writing down those steps was not only not worthy of, I don't have time for that. In fact, writing down the steps, creating those systems, that was one of those $1,000 an hour tasks that I should have prioritized from the beginning. So now every time that I have a task that I know is something that's going to come up again and again, for example, you know, creating content every week, I need to create some content in this podcast. I'm sending out my email every week. I'm posting on social media. Do I want to go through that rigmarole every single week of creating, you know, the same things over and over and doing the same things over and over again? Or can I step back, spend that time up front to set up a system that is going to allow me to outsource some of those tasks? You know, systems are really what allow you to grow a team. They allow you to free up your time for that those strategic tasks while the rest of the stuff ticks away in the background, you know, almost like a well-oiled machine, right? Entrepreneurship really is about creating these systems to enable you to continue to follow your passion, know your why, live your purpose. These systems are what allow you to continue to live on that higher level, live at that visionary level, operate on those strategic decision levels. Entrepreneurship often stems from this kind of deep passion and purpose that we have, you know. Successful entrepreneurs are driven by this desire to make a positive impact, to solve a meaningful problem, to pursue their vision. You know, and this passion that we have, it fuels our motivation and our perseverance and that ability to overcome obstacles. And it's actually something that I do in an exercise with all my students who come through Quilt Design Code on their way through. It's our first call. And we really get to the heart of why it is that they want to pursue their passion of creating quilt patterns. Entrepreneurship is a long game. You need to have that clear vision in mind of why you're doing what you're doing, because that's what gives you the juice to stick with the tough times and the good as they roll. That is definitely something that I think really, once you tap into your why and you know that you have this strong purpose, it's easy to lose sight of that in all of the weeds of the day-to-day, the day-to-day. Building those systems enables you to spend more time on that purpose and less time on the off-purpose tasks, which are kind of like the the supporting tasks that allow you to, to push that purpose and that vision forward. So think about systems as really serving your business. They are the tools that enable you to do the meaningful things that you want to do with your business. All right, so there's some of the truth that I've shared so far. I think probably the biggest truth that I've learned uh, so far about entrepreneurship is that it's really not about the cash flow of the spreadsheets or the email list or the landing pages. Business, I always had this concept was this kind of cold external realm of bottom lines and, you know, the red and the black and the black and the white. Really what I've discovered is that entrepreneurship is ultimately this journey of personal discovery, personal development. I have learned more about myself and how I want to be in the world in the past couple of years as an entrepreneur than I've learned in any previous employment phase of my life. You know, from getting clear on what you really want to do, how you really want to spend your time, you know, your most precious resource. How do you want to show up to your customers? How do you want to support them? 
What are your values? These are those kind of fundamental life choices and decisions that sometimes we even make unconsciously. But as an entrepreneur, you are in this position where you have to face these choices. You have to face these decisions. You have to actively, consciously, intentionally build this world around you as you would like to see it. You know, I still remember back to uh, the welcome speech when I started engineering. It was done by the Dean of Engineering at the university that I went to in Australia, and it was for incoming engineering students. Uh, I studied mechanical engineering, and so I was, you know, on board with, yes, we're all engineers, we're all here together. And something that he said, I still go back to this sometimes, and I kind of measure what my life experience has been since that moment. And he said, it's really only two professions that truly create wealth in the world, right? Farmers and engineers. And I am at the stage now where I would really argue that there's at least another category, and that is entrepreneurs. You know, we're creating these new horizons. We're solving problems. We're acting as the catalyst for change in the world. We are in a whole different range of industries. We are innovating. We are iterating. We're dreaming big. We're putting our dreams out into the world for others so that they can soar as well. You know, probably another one of my mentors, Jeff Walker, he says it best when he says, entrepreneurs shape not only our businesses, but the world itself. And by creating those solutions that we do to somebody else's problems, we are giving that other person an opportunity to change to become that best version of themselves so that they too can go about shaping the world around them as well. It's kind of like a a ripple effect if you think about it. So, you know, this might sound really lofty. It might sound like a really big idealistic world, but when you get messages from people like, I felt my self-confidence returning during your workshop series, or you've taught me what as a reawakening of what I can still achieve. Or thank you for your guidance and kindness. All of these types of comments make you realize that what you do really matters. What you do matters. So show up and share what only you have to share with the world. Along the way, not only have I learned so much from my students, I have also consciously invested in my learning as well. I had to take uh, a mindset shift, a huge mindset shift around this as well. From that idea of minimizing my needs, you know, I had a growing family. I was like, oh, I couldn't, you know, I it's not my time to be spending on myself or uh, investing in things that I need. And I made a huge shift. And part of this was taking on board some incredible advice that my husband offered to me. And I'm going to share that with you just in a moment. Investing in my learning has propelled me on unexpected paths and to unexpected heights. It has literally been the fuel to my accelerated journey as an entrepreneur. So truth number five that I'm going to share with you is that investing in learning is paramount. My first learning experience online was an investment in an eight-week program one run by one of my all-time favorite mentors and people, Bonnie Christine. She crafted not only an amazing course, but also this amazing learning experience. It's really a goal of mine to be able to provide a similar caliber of experience to my students as well. She set the bar super high and I am aspiring to reach those heights as well. My next really big decision about learning and investing in my learning came soon after that when all of a sudden I was thinking about investing 
$12,000 in my learning. I mean, holy shit, right? I mean, I couldn't believe that I was even considering this. Who was I to be spending that kind of money on myself? I mean, it took me a while to even take the idea seriously. I didn't even think that I should even consider this program. As soon as I saw the price, I was like, oh yeah, this is for other people. This isn't for me. But the more that I thought about it, the more lists of pros and cons that I wrote down, the more I began to see the value of this program, the more I allowed myself to actually think, you know what, I am worthy to step into this room that this $12,000 is going to open up for me. And when I spoke to my husband about it, one of the things that he said to me was, this isn't spending money. You know, you're not just spending money willy-nilly. You are investing this money in your business. You have a plan for how to make this money back again. That's an investment. And this was a switch, you know, this allowed me to stop thinking like my business was some kind of indulgent hobby and start really treating myself as a professional. You know what? I made that $12,000 investment in my business and I have not looked back. Not only was that program the catalyst for my future course launches, it gave me that impetus to show up every single day and work on growing my business. I had serious skin in the game. Not only was I going to get my money's worth from the program that I invested in, I was sure going to show up on every live call, do the work every week for the whole year. And I did. And you know what? I have the results to show for it. I did my first four-figure launch, then my first uh, five-figure launch. And you know, I haven't looked back since then. That investment in that program was not only an investment in a course and my business. That investment was an investment in myself. It was that moment that I really took myself seriously. I took this goal to build a successful business seriously. Investing in learning is so important for all these reasons. You know, generating new ideas, coming into contact with new people who propel you forward, but also for giving yourself those opportunities to prove yourself, you know, to prove to yourself that this shit is real. You know, you are doing it and that you can do it. We are coming up to a new year. You know, 2024 is just around the corner. And if you've been thinking about taking the next step and finally embarking on the journey that is entrepreneurship, there is no better time than now. You know, there will always be arguments against why now is the wrong time. You know, I don't have time. I've got other commitments on. It's to the 10th of January, not the 1st of January. I've already missed the boat. I'll start in the springtime, whatever it is. I want to put the power firmly in your hands. There's always going to be arguments about why now is the wrong time until that is that you decide that now is the right time and you are in charge of that decision. You are in charge of that decision to choose, to choose to show up, to choose to treat yourself like a professional, to choose to invest in yourself and your business, to choose to invest in a learning program that's going to propel you on a path that you might not even know exists yet. I didn't know the path that I was going to step onto after taking those learning programs. Those programs, that learning, that opened up so many opportunities, so many possibilities for me. I'm going to be opening up a very special offer for you, not only for my signature eight-week course, Quilt Design Code, but also my ongoing mentorship, Creative Business Builder, as well as my highest tier individual support program. And, you know, due to the nature of this program, I meet people one-on-one. I'm only able to offer a really few limited spots for this program. So if you're interested to find out more about this, you can head to alliride.com forward slash professional 
to hear more about how you can maximize that return on your learning investment in 2024. I really can't wait to see what you're going to create as you embark on your very own creative entrepreneurship journey. I can't wait to offer my own personal support as you grow into that creative entrepreneur that I know you can be. Head to alliride.com forward slash professional. Let's do this together. These truths that I've learned on the path, these have been long and hard fought truths to win and learn. I can help you learn these truths faster, with more ease, with less overwhelm, and with that community support and guidance that you get inside a small, close-knit program like the programs that I run. I am so pleased that you tuned in today to hear these five truths about entrepreneurship, the five truths I've learned as a creative entrepreneur over the past years, growing my creative business online. I'm looking forward to seeing what you're going to create and I can't wait to help you on your journey on this creative entrepreneurship path as well. I'll speak to you again soon. Bye for now.